Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we'll be discussing another round of the UCI World Cup, the legendary Dune Cross of Cockside, and I'm joined by Isam. Hey everybody. Anton is here as well. Hello. Hope you guys are doing good. We watched the return of the legendary Dunes of Cockside on our TV screens today. Of course, last year it was cancelled because of the pandemic, but happy to see this one back on the calendar. It's a real classic. And Isam will tell us what happened in the men's race. There was some rain uh, falling down upon us in Cockside uh, in the seventh round of the World Cup. And um, the first one that was able to touch the sand of Cockside was Hermans. Uh, there were no special moments in the sand where it would be like, well, the b- big differences are going to be made. Uh, we had a first lap crash with, with Van der Haar and, 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 and Zweig. Also, Iserbeet and Van Kessel were involved, but uh, no major injuries whatsoever. And the, the race was not really influenced by that first lap crash. Uh, but like I said, the difference were not really big in the sand. And we saw a couple of good moments from a couple of riders, but in the end, it was, it was never uh, good enough. Arts was having a very good day. He was actually almost the entire race running in, in, the, in the first three positions. And he was very eager to make up from his disappointment in Max Plus, where he was not able to, to get on the podium. Uh, Iserbeet was able to show himself up front as well, the World Cup leader. And, and Arts was able to try and, and you know break away from, from, from the group. And we had a kind of a battle within the race between Arts and Iserbeet. The others were close by, but the gap really not, did not come big. And uh, towards the end of the race, the main guys that we had were Iserbeet, Arts, Zweig, Hermans and Van der Haar. Uh, in the penultimate lap, Iserbeet was able to put the others under pressure. Arts and Hermans took initiative uh, in the pursuit in the last lap with uh, close by uh, Lauren Zweig, but they will never be able to come closer to Iserbeet and he will be taking the first place in Cockside. Uh, and second place was actually not for Arts or Hermans, but for Lauren Zweig who was behind them. Uh, and third place uh, went to Tonarts. So Iserbeet took the win here in Cockside. Based on the season, it's not entirely a surprise, but Isabit isn't known to be the big sand specialist, whilst here in Cockside we find parkour with a lot of sand. So, are you guys surprised that Isabit took the win today? Yeah, I, I, I personally was surprised in a way. Obviously, in the race we have seen, or in the season, we have seen a couple of races where in the sand he didn't make a lot of mistakes. I can recall Neil very well, where he was able to actually make the difference in the sand rather than last year and even the year before where he was not even able to you know the sand for him was like a, a big tr- you know trouble point in a way and and just this season he made a huge step in the sand and cockside is very you know di- very difficult to do in a way because it's just so long uh, the sand sections and you have to really just focus and it's a combination of power and getting really through the the path that you have but he just he just nailed it and he was just able to every time do the right thing and I think in Cockside it's very, very, you know, important to be able to do the right stuff at the right moments. And if you just have a hiccup, try to control it very well. Like step out of your bu- step off your bike at the right moments to make sure that you don't lose that much speed. And he was just doing all that very perfectly. So in a way, it was a surprise, but it's just also very hard work, which now comes to play. And I, I think it's also a very mature ride by Easybeat again. Just waiting a bit and holding off and then just unleashing uh, a few great sand sections finally able to put them together and uh, all was good 
I do think that the weather played a role in Isabit's win today because I saw on the Herreiger's dune that is that massive dune which is slightly off camber. That was the only real pure sand section today and I saw Isabit struggle there, especially compared to Art who was flying through that section. Same can be said for Hermans and Sveik. Isabit was struggling there because of the rain. The sand got thicker and more packed together, more compact, making it less loose, giving the advantage more to the people who have the power because you need to put down the power to go through this thick type of sand. And Eastbeat had that power. You could especially see this on the uphill sand sections. There were lots of uphill dunes and Eastbeat really had the advantage there. He was able to break away from Arch there, especially in the third to last lap and second to last lap where he was able to ride them whilst others needed to run. That's really where Easybeat made the difference today. He had the power advantage, not necessarily the technique advantage, that was more on his chasers. Because of the weather, I feel like specialists, especially like Sveik, couldn't really get into their element because the sand was not that hard today. And because of the rain as well, as I said, these tracks that were formed in the sand were easier to remain there, which then again benefits the people who can push through these trails instead of the riders who have their advantages when there's no trails and you need to ride loose through the sand so i think that was what made the difference here for Isabit today however i would also like to talk a bit about that parkour because there have been some additions here again an extra bit of sand added after the herreigers dune which forced everybody to hop off also a few other sand dunes have been added over the past years. Do you guys think that the parkour has become too hard by adding all these sections? I, I, I personally think that it, it is becoming a little bit harder. But I think that also makes this race more and more special. Because we don't really have a lot of dune races on a very high level. So I think that running section after the Heirijgers dune, or dune is not really, you know, in my opinion, doesn't really add a lot. But it adds something, I guess. Uh, running sections are also part of the cyclocross, so you know they have to be in it as well. I think the race overall, it's 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 getting harder and harder, uh, but I think they found a really good balance. So I don't think they should make it more harder than it is already, but I don't particularly think that they should be easing it off a little bit and make sure that there is a little bit less sand because I think the combination is good and they found they found, in my opinion, a bit of a. Uh, a good uh, midway of of you know sand and also the the a bit easier stuff yeah i think it's becoming a bit too hard i like the parkour of the 2012 world championships a bit better maybe it's a bit of nostalgia but i i did like that better i thought it was balanced better now it's more becoming for power whilst Personally, I would love to see Coxide B for the sand specialist, like we had with Paul Herreigers, who was a sand specialist, being able to take the world title there in 1994, if I recall correctly. That's more what I associate Coxide with. Now it's becoming more and more, adding this Zonhoven type run-up June after the start. I like the older June there, which was rideable. I like that better, but in a way, like, Tracks evolved, the running part in my opinion was just added to have a slow section where they can show the sponsors more, but I, I don't think that was necessary to add that. The Herreigers June was always special because sometimes you could pull through, other times you needed to hop off, but we'll need to do with that. Isabit was able to manage this parkour the best, but we should maybe look back, it didn't really, I mean he won comfortably, or at least that's how it looked, but we shouldn't forget that it wasn't he was very close to being crashed out of the race by Tone Arts. Tone, what happened there? 
toonaards uh, doof op on the inside. Uh, in a, a bit more of an open corner than Isby uh, uh, did it yesterday to Art. And, uh, well, nearly put him into the barrier, kind of. It was a bit of a uh, more risky move, maybe. Uh, and, uh, well, it made it for some entertainment. And uh, I, I assume Isby was a bit uh, shocked after that. Yeah, that was a tricky corner already. In the first half, there were some crashes. Van der Haar crashed there and Van Kessel as well because they hit the barrier. And the lap after, they had opened it a bit. I don't know if the spectators did it or the organization. I expect they lost. But Isabit was like kind of in this open gap and like the barriers came back. The Arts was having none of it. He was personally, I think, Arts was a bit done with Isabit. Already in the race, there was some frustration between those two. Of course, yesterday the frustration in Neil, if we look back, also frustration. I think Arts was done and was thinking, no, I'm having none of it today. What you did yesterday, I'll give you a bit of payback. Yeah, maybe felt like a bit of a move of uh, we don't solve it behind the mic, but we'll solve it tomorrow uh, in the cross again. Well, luckily nobody crashed there. Would be a shame. I think it would have been a very nasty crash as well because it would have been a frontal impact on those barriers. So that wouldn't have been nice to see, but luckily they managed to both go unscathed there. Don Arts once again did a lot of work and then was dropped. Pretty similar race actually, compared if we compare it to yesterday. Same riders at the front with the absence of Michael van Turenhout who is injured at the moment. So, yeah, could Tonarts have done it differently today, Esam? Mm, yeah, I, in my opinion he could have, again, maybe just save a little bit more for the last few laps. Because I have a feeling that he, you know, he was trying a lot mid-race, which in my opinion cost him a little bit in the end. I think, spe I think especially the fact that he um, became third and not second, that Lauder Zweig was able to to beat him in the end. You know, Zweig is obviously very good in the sand, but nevertheless, I, I, I have a feeling that if he was uh, saving up a little bit for the last lap, he would have been able to, to, to capitalize on that because we know if Arts is good, his last lap will be good as well. So, uh, you know, it could have been a little bit different, but in the end, I think he should be very happy with the, with the podium because... You know, that is at least at least better than being fourth. Yeah, I agree. Again, Art's doing a lot of work. And it's kind of the same with him and Hermans week after week. In the beginning of the race, somebody has a fast start. In the middle of the race, Hermans and Arts tire each other. And then in the final part of the race, one or two Paul Sousa riders steam past them. And they either end second or third, or third or fourth. Or sometimes they're even more unlucky and end a bit further down. In terms of Arts, I did really like how he was plowing through the Herreigers June. thought that looked fantastic. He uh, did put a lot of pressure on Isabit there. I think that was good, but eventually, like, if we look, when was the decision made in the race, it was just Isabit applying the pressure for a very, very, very long time, and that eventually led to just Arch cracking Isabit, just clearly the strongest in terms of his condition now. I think maybe Lausanne Zweig once again could have had a shot, but for Sveik, I don't know. He never really looked to get into his element in this race. Yeah, not really. Yeah, I think um, especially at races like this, you can you can ride him up. And I I thought personally that we even with the the fact that it was raining before the race and the mud, that it was gonna be a little bit tougher, and that it would suit more the likes like like Sveik because there's not a lot of climbing, there's a lot of sand, some mud, you know. So I think that was um, that was going to suit him a little bit more. 
in the end, obviously, second place is not, it's not a bad result. But over the whole of a race, I don't think he can be very, very happy. Uh, and he, you know, it, 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 the reason that the race was so close, I think, was because the difference could be not really made in the sand. Because, like you said, it takes a lot of power now with 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 the sand being a little bit tougher to to get through and but then swake was just in the right position at the right moment and was able to in the last lap take uh, take over uh, hermans and 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 arts and then was just able to get second place yeah i think for swake he's kind of in the wrong team at the moment ton and i discussed this in our podcast of yesterday he looks to be on his way out at Paul's house and I think that's what he needs to get more opportunities. He looks to be a bit stuck behind a very strong Eli Iserbeet. Let's run down our entire top 10 then. We of course had that podium of Iserbeet, Zweig and Aert. Then we found just off that podium Hermans ahead of two Dutch riders from the Haar and Van Kessel. Then a duo of Deschamps, Hens Maas, Bastans and Soete. Top 10 is rounded off by Mees Hendricks and Niels van der Putte. Let's talk about the duo of Hens Maas first. Vincent Bastans. Somebody has to give this guy a contract, man. He was running in fourth in the beginning of the race, then eventually dropped off the leaders group, still finishes seventh. I mean, come on, this guy's having this season of his career. No one is willing to give him a contract. I, I just don't understand it once again that his contract isn't extended. This guy is just a top 10 uh, cyclocross rider at the moment, and the fact that he is going to be out of contract, uh, for the moment, it's it's quite ridiculous. They look to be preferring their other riders. Tom Meuse got an extension far outside of the top 10 today, been lacking behind Bastans the entire season. Lander Lokes also looking to stay with the team for a couple of years and the 20th today. Dan Soute did put in a solid result though for Hans Maas, ending 8th after a puncture. Issa, many comments on his race? Yeah, I mean, a strong race, I would say. I think uh, especially with a puncture at such a parkour as this one, uh, the legs will always fill up very, very easily and... You know, with a with a puncture, it goes. Uh, you know, it is even harder to to get around. Uh, so I I think in general being in uh, eighth place is very good. But about the Bastans uh, situation, I think it's a bit pathetic that he's not getting his contract extended at Hans Maas. And uh, I hope for him that he can get a a place. I think there are definitely some some teams that will be looking uh, to get him. Uh, and I hope that the only reason why they are not extending his contract is because of budget issues or because they want to get a bigger rider in. But, you know, we don't know. There's nothing said yet. And, you know, let's hope for, for Bastans he can find uh, a new team in the future. That would be understandable if they weren't paying Tom Mills. Like, it's it's very weird. Like, uh, the whole situation, it doesn't really scream like Bastans asking for uh, an incredible pay rise it just it's, it's just very weird certainly weird but if he keeps up this type of performances there's no way teams can go around him i mean if we look at another rider who put in a great result today mace hendricks he was out of contract in the 2019-2020 season wrote the beginning of the 2020 season in a black kit following no contract extension he kept on riding and let his results speak. He got third at the Under-23 World Championships. Well, the teams came. They signed him. And now he's at Eco Kralan. And today he got a very good performance. Ninth place. Yeah, really that performance that, I mean, just signifies how big of a talent he is. Has been solid for quite a few years. But that one big result to follow up his performance in the U23 with Dubedorf, it, it never quite came. But uh, here it is. Uh, great performance, great day for him. 
yeah, very good performance, was running in 7th at some point, eventually ended 9th, probably because his normal races are 50 minutes and he's a bit younger, has less volume, but still 9th, very good. I might be a bit less surprised than you guys, but but yeah, following his win last week in Top War and his bad luck but good form the weeks before, I knew a poor performance like this was coming, I didn't expect it necessarily to be top 10 today, but like with Hendrix, I, I always had the feeling, okay, this guy is incredibly talented, he has a, bad, a lot of bad luck, but someday everything will come out, and that was today, and he ends in the top 10, just as Tuan said, showing the talent he has, so very good result by him, by him, and I think like if we look at the riders he beats, first on the 23 rider, beats Niels van der Putte, another solid result by him, and if we just look just outside of the top 10, some other names like Ton van der Bos as well, which are certainly good names to be in front of. Let's talk about our women's race then. That one was also a pretty eventful one. Twan, tell us. It was a especially good start by Shirin van Androy. She got through the Junes quite well at the start, but uh, we would have six other Dutch women with her. And in the uh, second and third lap, Worst and Betsma would be taking off and leaving the others behind with uh, then Worst going on to uh, draw Betsma as well in the fourth and fifth lap and uh, taking her first victory in a long time ahead of Denise Betsma and third for world champion Lucinda Brandt. Here once again the sand specialist gets beaten by somebody who has the better power or at least that's how I saw it. Anne-Marie Vorst certainly the strongest today and I think that all comes back to what I said about the weather and the sand being thicker and more on the power. If I looked at how Besma went through the sand, it was very elegant. It looked styleful. She was correcting herself with her body weight. Then if I look at Worst, Worst was on a charge today. Worst was thinking in her head, okay, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. And she was just flying through the Herreigers June. She was putting down the power, bam, bam, bam. And she just cut through the sand, whereas Betsema was more easygoing on her technique, whereas Worst by the looks of it today just by far was the strongest that's at least how i saw it and it's good to see her on the back on the top step of that podium her last win was the koppenberg course last year yeah indeed very good impression i think um she was just the strongest today uh, and like you said i think betsema was having her moments in the sand uh but just you know in the end it, it took her so much it, it takes a lot of power as well to get through it wasn't only the technique uh, and even you know with with uh, with the women, obviously there was no rain. The rain uh, started falling after the women's race, and you know in my opinion, even w without that rain, the the sand was still you know thick, and it was very hard to get through. So you needed a lot of power to to actually get through. Uh, and I think Vorst was just on on the march very strong, uh, and Betsema was a very very good second. I don't think Betsema could have done anything different today. I mean, Vorst, so much stronger. Usually you're always like, okay, well, perhaps Betsema could have done this or that. But today, none of it. Vorst was just simply the best. Only Vorst, of course, been struggling with all those injuries. And we have been seeing that it got better and better. And today is just... Uh... A, uh, a great day for her, I think all the back troubles behind her and uh, well, sign of uh, hopefully good things to come and maybe time to make up for that second place in uh, Dubedorf.
Yeah, definitely she will be aiming for that world title and fight Veal later this year. She's looked to have recovered fully from her back injury, so that's great news. But in a way I was surprised that with the conditions we had in the stand and these dunes which require a lot of power that Lucinda Brandt was struggling. We know that she is a good runner and has a lot of power. Where did it go wrong for Lucinda Brandt today? At the start? <laughs> no, but I think it was just not really her day. You could see the... You know, she normally struggles a little bit at the start. She was uh, lucky in a, in a way that the, the pace dropped a little bit after the first uh, lap, uh, or at least in the lap, in the first lap, so she was able to come back. Uh, but it was, in my opinion, was quite clear from the beginning that it was going to be a compromise, that, was not, that she was not in her best possible shape. Also, the passages through the sand, some were a little bit better than others, but she, she got stuck quite a lot. In a way, and that's a bit of a shame because I think she worked on it quite a quite a while, and also in the World Championships with the running parts, but also in descent, she was um, she was having her moments. She was pretty good, so I think it was just not really her day, and the shape was just not really there. And then to get third place, I think she can be very content with that. Uh, yeah, I think there was just slightly too many of those instances where she just tried to ride on a little bit too long and just few uh, technical mistakes and it's really unfortunate because like those pile up quite quickly in a course like this yeah i noticed she was especially too late with dismounting the bike she was always like a fraction or a full second too late which meant which resulted in her coming to a standstill so that was something that was wrong today for her and for the rest i think it just took her some time to get into a rhythm in the race because in the final parts of the race, she was pretty much matching the lap times of the leaders. Worst was putting in the fastest lap in the lap that she attacked, but Brandt was only two or three seconds slower that lap. But yeah, Sven Nijs also said it uh, in the broadcast that Brandt was making too many mistakes today, and I think that shows. But I would like to come back a bit on that start. We did see indeed that Brandt and Betsema were kind of behind, and we've seen that a bit more throughout the past weeks. How do you how do you guys see this? The likes of Brandt, Betsema, somewhat the what older riders they are, they suffer a bit in the start. Well, we see this new young generation. Today it was Van Androoy, Van Empel also always with a fast start. We also have Puk Pietersen who is starting rapid, Catablanca Vash also out there. How do you guys see that these young riders are always starting faster? Are they more aggressive or is this simply their riding style? More like we see with Van der Poel and Van Aert? I think it's more just the style of rider that they are. I, I think Betsma and Brandt are just a bit more engines and uh, the stars just aren't always amazing. And these young guns, of course, got uh, some of the nice accelerations over them. I think as well what plays a role is obviously the age, because I think the older the, the rider becomes, obviously takes away a little bit of that that edge of, of having that, that, that raw edge of being able to start very fast. I think as well as a little bit of experience because it's not always necessary in in, in a parkour to, to be you know to be starting that fast because it it may cost you in the end, which we also have seen with the younger women and also with the under twenty three men. And I think which is also which can play a role in this is the warming up. I mean some especially if you're younger you don't really need a very Depends on the rider, obviously, but over the range of the younger riders, they don't really need to do very uh, wide. Uh, they don't need to put in a lot of time to to warm up. And I think the older riders, or older riders, the little bit more experienced riders, 
they they have to warm up a little bit more with a little bit more intensity so i think that can also play a little role with this and uh, but it doesn't harm them it doesn't hurt them because in the end they have the experience and they can then come back and then take the race from there yeah age without a doubt plays a role in this we heard it in our Heinrich Hausler podcast that as older the older you get the more you turn into a diesel however they their diesel power at this moment does edge the sprint power of the youngsters van Anroy fourth today also a good result by van Empel who ended sixth and Peters the seventh I was I thought it was interesting to see these riders because I mean Peterson was suffering especially on the Herreigers June same story as for Brandt making too many mistakes having the power but not exactly the rhythm and the confidence but van Empel and van Anroy I really liked how these went the riders went through the sand I mean it was so stylish to look at correcting themselves but it was a especially for van Android, it was a perfect combination of power and coordination i really love to see that and i think with van Android in the next couple of years we could have another very very good sand specialist and in a less extent this also goes for van empel because she also had some flawless passages through the sand i mean in, when the first lap was happening and i saw van Android go in the beginning i was like well that's <laughs> this might actually end up on the podium but you know, obviously, then you have to realize that they're still young and that um, it's very hard for them to, to be able to maintain that over the course of a whole race. But like you said, I think the way they went through the sand is like they have done it for years. Well, they they have they have not done it. But it's, I think, what Herr Reigers, um, the, the guy that won the World Championships in 94 in, 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 uh, in Kokseide, I think what he also mentioned very well, and he's especially in the sand, is... It's more about the feeling than anything else. It's like if you, you know, some just have it and some don't. And I think they just have it in a way. They have this balance when they go through the sand. And it's just you're you're kind of born with. And then you can learn it like an Iserbeet. And you can perfect it in a way. But there are not a lot that, that really can, can train on it. There are a lot that, you know, will never be good at the sand. And there are just some that have that talent from the first time they go on the sand that they know what to do with it. I definitely think both riders can be satisfied with their results. Let's look at the entire top 10. Nine Dutch riders in the first nine positions, which is a record both men and female category for a World Cup. We had the win of Anne-Marie Worst ahead of Denise Betsma, Lucinda Brandt, Sheren van Androoy, Seendel Carmen Alvarado, Fem van Empel. Then in seventh place, Puck Pieters ahead of Inge van der Heide and Jara Kastelein. Tenth place for Clara Honsinger. Let's touch here up on the race of Alvarado a bit. She ends fifth here. She had a puncture. What do you guys think she could have done without that puncture? Because it was very unfortunate. Yeah, I think without the puncture, it would obviously be a little, um, a little bit different because it was at a, it was at a terrible moment in a way. Because Vorst at that moment was putting a little bit more pressure on. But I liked the way she was, she was riding. To be honest, it was a very good day for her, and I think uh, you know only a lot of plus can be taken from this race. Um, but yeah, obviously, I think without that puncture. You know, who knows? Maybe she was a little bit closer to the podium. I think definitely the way she was riding through the scent, I think she could have beaten Brandt. Uh, but you never know. It's always if that happened, then you can maybe. And it's very hard to say. But I think definitely that she would have been closer to a third place. Definitely agree on that one. Hasn't been a season for Alvarado so far. Still a decent result today. Another name in the top 10, I mean, we can't let Honsinger go unmentioned. Same story for her, recovering after a bad start. Only right on the top 10 who isn't Dutch, but for once, Honsinger didn't even have the worst start, because if you look at Arzufi, she ended 13th, but 
What was that start for Artufi? She was outside of the top 40 and then to right back to 13th. I mean, still okay, but what was that start? I mean, come on, if we think Honsinger has tough starts, what was this then? Most certainly something that uh, isn't quite an asset, is it? Uh, yeah, a great recovery, right, as you said. But having to recover from that far back, uh, I don't know exactly which uh, position she's starting it, but it can't have been like that far back. It's just uh, completely terrible. And uh, she should, of course, be looking to fix that. Um, and hopefully it's just a one-off. Yeah, hopefully the Italian champion can improve from that. She did eventually beat Perrine Clausel. Clausel's putting in solid performances over the last couple of weeks. She's switching around with her sister. Maybe they've secretly switched around, I don't know. But last year, Perrine Clausel was putting in the good performances. This year, at the beginning of the year, it was Helene Clausel who surprised us with some very solid performance, especially over in the States. Now Perrine is back at it. Certainly interesting to see these uh, sisters uh, compete with each other would be the story of the season and I think the story of, 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 of cyclocross in general for a while if, if they would actually switch but I don't think <laughs> I don't think that is playing but you know obviously it's um, it's good to see as well other nations coming up but it's in my opinion it's obviously not really great to see that uh, nine Dutch women are in the first nine places to be honest but uh, it you know it is what it is and especially these type of races are very good for the the, the Belgium and Dutch riders because they are a little bit more experienced with the sand and the dunes and something that the others don't really have I mean in France I cannot really recall a dune race uh, the same goes for for Italy so I think you know these these are just very you know typical races for the Dutch and and Dutch women and you know they they experience it a lot at least one or two races a season they have to do this. Um, so yeah, that, it doesn't surprise me that uh, this is the race where it happens, but it's of course a bit of a shame. Yeah, I agree on that. However, there was a French rider who did do very good, Anne Morichon, was running in the top 10 for a while, eventually dropped to 16th position, but it was still a solid race by her. I mean, maybe a bit overambitious at the start, but it was still good to see her up there and just another French rider. I think the French have a pretty talented generation come through, but, well, if we look at it, it's not great in terms of the parkour that they find here. I think we've had it for Coxider then. However, there was also racing in Hitnau today, in Switzerland that was, and in the men's race, there was Loris Rouillet who took the win there ahead of Bertolini and Dario Lillo. But in fourth place, our podcast guest of previously this week, Heinrich Hausler, ended in fourth he was very happy with his result and he has a short word for us on his race. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I could even, uh, I mean, I, I had a really bad start and also I think that's just something I need to work on and also in training that I can go deeper and harder in the start. It took me a while to come back, but then uh, once I got my rhythm, I felt really good. And uh, I could even attack on the climb in the last two laps. It was really, really good. I was so happy. So happy. I almost had tears in my eyes. Of course, it's only a small race, but still, to be able to be there and mix it up in the final was absolutely amazing. I was so happy. Really, really happy. Well, guys, shortly on this result of Heinrich Hausler, what do you guys think? Fourth place? I personally think it's a very, very good result by him. It's a really encouraging result. Of course, not the strongest fields, but uh, certainly competing with riders uh, that I think most of the time were like slightly ahead of him in the pecking order. 
Uh, and yeah, it's just great to see him actually find the front of the race. You know, the field was not the strongest, but I think it's it's definitely a solid field. I mean, guys he left behind in terms of the you know Timon Ruek and also Dorigoni. You know, those are not not guys that are um, you know they can also win races in a way. So, in my opinion, I think it's definitely very promising. And in his journey, you know, to become a better cyclocross rider, I think this is what you kind of need. You know, those smaller races where you can fight for victory, fight for podiums. And then from there, you can build yourself to, to, to a greater ride. And that's what we see with a lot of guys, that when they are able to to be to be good in these type of races, they can be able to also bring the fight up for those top 20s and top 30s in, in, in the bigger races. And I think if you only do the bigger races, it's obviously not going to be amazing for your... For your um, for 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 the rider in general, because then gonna be a little bit demotivated and stuff. I think now fighting for victory, you have to also learn to ride for victory. So, you know, I uh, very happy for him and very happy that he get, gets the goods out of it. And um, you know, that podium will come. Definitely, I will shortly give the results here of the women's race. It was the junior rider Monique Halter who took the win there, and she was able to beat Zina Barumi and Rebecca Gariboldi. And that was our podium there. Of course, plenty of other racing as well in Europe, but we won't go past all those results. Main focus was on Kokseide. Ton Isam, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thanks for hosting. Later this week, we'll be back with a podcast about developing talent in the USA and the UK. How does that go? What challenges does that bring? Certainly an interesting talk with the uh, director of cyclocross of USA Cycling and the organizer of the Clanfield Cyclocross in the UK. Certainly interesting to give that one a listen. And thank you guys for tuning into this episode. And as I said, we will be back. Goodbye. Bye.